It's Matt Weaver from BibleTruthProject.com here with another episode, and today I'm going to speak about the power of choice. So before we begin, let me ask a few questions. Number one, what is the one thing that we will forever, or that, that we all do, that will forever change our life? Think about that for a moment. What is the one thing that we do that will forever change the course of the life that we live? And that is choice. We can either choose life, we can choose death. When we drive our cars, we can choose to drive fast, we can choose to drive slow. Every day, we have the choice what we put in our mouths, what we eat, we have the choice when we sleep, we have the choice of partners that we choose in life, we have the choice of work, job. We are given a choice in life, and what we choose is what our life consists of. And I want to look at why that is significant for us as believers, and also the power of that, the power of making right choices, and that God uh, has set a precedent for us to follow. Secondly, ask this question. When was the last time you were confronted with a difficult such uh, situation? And I guess I'm referring to when, when is the last time you faced a different, difficult choice? And it was a choice by which the rest of your life would forever be changed. Think back to that moment and think what went through your head, the struggle, the turmoil, and how that has now affected where you are today. For some people, it might have been leaving their home place and uh, walking away from that and choosing the life of Christ. For other people, it might be something different. But think of that power of that choice. Well, the definition of, of choice is uh, an act of selecting or making a decision when faced with two or more possibilities. And also, I just want to ask this too, why does God want, uh, want us to have the power to make choices? Because ultimately it would be easier if we would just be robots, but why does he want mankind to have that ability to choose? Now we know what the definition is, but I look at this and I think that there's more to it. So as we look at this whole thing, we're going to dig into some verses. And first, let's look at the first choice that man ever made. In Genesis 2.15, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So there's a purpose that God has given us, that is to dress and keep what we've been put in. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So what was this first choice? It was life and death, good and bad, or right and wrong. We've had this opportunity that God has given us. Okay, It's life, death, good, bad, right and wrong. And the choice that Adam made, and Eve, okay, has affected every human that has ever lived. The life that we live today, the facing of death, has been appointed to us because of that choice. And it was a choice that was made that at that time seemed very innocent. But God said, thou shalt not. 
Second, we're going to look at Cain, Genesis 4.8, and Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. So what was Cain's motivation here? It was jealousy. Cain saw that God had approved Abel's offering, and in his heart it did not make him happy. And so he conspired against his brother out of anger and hatred. The result of that choice was murder. Third, we're going to look at Noah. Genesis 6.3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. And there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. And I'm just going to stop and interject here. I, I think it's interesting that it mentions this, because uh, in that time frame, I'm, I'm a historical guy, so I like looking back and trying to tie these things together. But in that time frame, even in uh, secular history from the Babylonians, uh, in cuneiform tablets, talks about mighty kings who ruled the earth in those days, who were half God, half man. Now, I'm not saying that's exactly what it was, but it references these mighty men, these almost greater than men beings who ruled the earth. And I think the Bible is uh, particularly vague about what was before. We just know that it was bad. And I think that's for a reason. Anyway, in verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Imagination of his thoughts, evil continually. And we just heard a wonderful message by my dad uh, on imaginations, and I think everybody should listen to that. But it really brings into context the imaginations of our heart and how they affect us. Huge, huge uh, secret to the kingdom in that one. And it repented the Lord that he made man on earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I created from the face of the earth, both man, beast, creeping thing, fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. All because of a choice. So God's creation, who he created, who he loved, and who he set up uh, so wonderfully and beautifully and created everything to work so intricately, made one bad choice, and it repented God that he had done that. But, in the next verse it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And grace is not something that's used very often in the Old Testament. And uh, in this case, it means favor. Noah found favor. And we're going to speak about him here. But I'm going to give a little bit of a condition here that Noah was in. Now, there is more uh, detail given in other accounts. There is a uh, flood legend and a, a Noah figure in almost every civilization uh, that's ancient, that has written records. Babylonians, Chinese, uh, Hawaiians, all of them have flood legends. And they all account this, but the Babylonians actually wrote it down. And I actually spent some time studying that account, and I was intrigued to find out that, you know, Noah may not have known, okay, did not know God the way we do. We have this relationship with him. 
but he saw the evil and uh, it just says the creator God, okay, spoke to him and said uh, to build a boat. And he was like, who am I? I'm a nobody. I am not doing it. But God chose him because he was angry at how the evil world was. Well, it corroborates exactly what the Bible says. Noah was a righteous man, but there was nothing really special about Noah other than he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So we're going to keep reading here. Genesis 6, 11, The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And so all flesh, we're talking animals and everything, had corrupted themselves from the original order, all because of a choice. Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So go and make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it in and out with pitch. So I want you to notice that he made a choice to obey. And we are here because of that choice. If Noah had not made that choice that day to uh, build a boat, to be obedient to the voice of God, Today we would not be on earth. That is a choice that a man made. Now we might not think that it's a big deal, but put yourself in that shoe. Okay, there is no, uh, at this point, there's no record of God having uh, a priest. There's no record of God having a Bible. There's no record of any of that. And so how did God communicate? Imagine if you were given uh, this, this position and, and God spoke out of heaven to you, and all of a sudden you are faced with this deep impression that you need to build a boat, that God is going to destroy this world because of the evil. And you need to do it. And somehow it's on you. So what do I do? And well, that's the, the way the Babylonian tradition says it, is Noah just went out and, he, and, and God had told him to grab a stick, which the Bible says the same thing. Noah took a stick and measured it out. It's just in the detail, it's Noah wasn't given the dimension by way of, uh, well, the dimension is this, 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 like grab on the stick, I'll show you. He just within faith went out and put uh, the size boat he felt he would have needed. It was in faith and it was right. It was the right size. And I think there's, there's a huge significance in that detail, even though I know it's extra biblical and some people might not like that. It goes right with the story of what God was doing. And because of that choice, because of the decision that he made to obey God in the place that he was put, that's the, that's the story of his life. When we sum up his life, we look at it as he saved the world. Now, you may not think that's a big deal, but imagine in today's day with the 7 billion people that we have, there was only one man that God found favor with, and he went out and started building a boat and said, you're all going to die. We would kind of laugh at him. We'd kind of think, boy, he's nuts. Yet he did. He did it in faith, and he was right. It was a choice he made. He chose to believe what God said, and he did it. Next, we're going to look at Abraham. Abraham, uh, his life actually uh, overlapped uh, that of Noah. And there is a little bit of speculation that perhaps, uh, perhaps that uh, Noah taught uh, Abraham about God 
and it's of course extra biblical sources, but there is that connection and the, and the dates do line up. So Abraham, here's a man of the Chaldees. Here's a man of the kingdom of Sumer, one of the oldest uh, civilization in the world. It's not in existence, but it is. it was the first civilizations built on the uh, shores of the Tigris-Euphrates rivers. And uh, here he was, and he is faced with a choice. This is just after the days of Nimrod. This is just after the time when the languages are confused, people groups are traveling all through the world, and God gives him a choice. This is it, Genesis 12.1. Now the Lord hath said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto the land that I will show thee. Now we read that verse, and we don't think about how significant that is. But this is saying, Abraham, get up, get out, leave everything behind that you have. Just go. I will show you where to go. Just you need to go. So imagine today, if you were sitting here, and all of a sudden God would speak to you and say, you know what, today... You need to go. I'm not telling you where to go. Just go. Could you make that choice? Could you obey that? Interesting, isn't it? Well, in history, we, we find there's a huge destruction about the time Abraham went out. Uh, there's a huge destruction in Sumer. Now, the Bible doesn't record it, but history records it. And God somehow brings him out of that time of calamity at the right moment. And Abraham was a wealthy man. Uh, and it's a side we don't see. And I don't think Abraham probably even recognized it because he never went back. He never looked back. There's no record that he ever went back. So he left not knowing what happened. And some, you know, he believed God. So the next verse, Genesis 12, 2, And I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now think of it. This has been 2,500 years ago. How many of you can recognize, uh, or how many of you can uh, tell me what your great-grandpa's name is? None of you. We know the name of Abraham. Why? Because God promised it. It says, if you leave, I will make thee a great nation, bless thee, and make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. He was faced with a choice. All this will come to being if, this is the condition, you get out of your country, from your kindred, so your families, from your father's house, you leave, all that. Well, in that culture, that was not a good thing to do. That was a very uh, disrespectful thing to do. He had to make a very difficult choice. To do this. And so when he did, um, when he did, he goes on and goes forward with this realizing that that's it. There is nothing else back there for him. So he did what God asked him. And so how is he remembered? To think of this, 1,500 years later, Paul writes in Hebrews, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into the place which he should receive after for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing uh, thither where he, uh, where he went. 
So by faith, he goes out. He doesn't know uh, where he's going. So by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, their heirs with him of the same promise. So it's all by faith that he made this promise. And if you look back and you can see there's a difference between people, uh, the people who by faith, okay, uh, accepted what God had asked them of them, and on the other side of the people who out of their own strength made a choice. Look at the, look at the difference. And so I'm going to ask you a couple questions here. So what can we conclude? The choice was theirs. Some made good choices, some made bad. We still are affected by every one of those choices today. How do we respond when we are faced with a choice? Do we ask God for direction or do we answer of our own answer of our own strength, will, and emotion? And how has our choices changed our life? Have we reaped what we sowed? When time, when time will come down to the end and we will see the full context of who we are, we're going to be given uh, a report, if I can say it this way. And uh, the, the report was that we even think about men. It's just the way it is. Adam, that, that's where death came. Came from Adam's choice. Cain, murder. Noah, salvation. Abraham, the covenant. This was the epitome of, the, of their lives. If we filter it all out, that's what their choices led to. So I want you to ask the question, what are the choices that you are making uh, and how are they going to affect you in the future? Now I realize you're young people uh, and you don't necessarily, you know, or I should say as young people, we don't necessarily think about the choices that we make. We, we think that somehow we're invincible, that we're not going to, uh, you know, we're, that it doesn't really matter. Do what you want, have fun, you know, be res don't be responsible, just do whatever. And then later, maybe in life, you can make the right choice and, and get right with the Lord before you die. See, that, those are bad choices. Those are people who will never build the kingdom because they cannot make a righteous choice. You need to choose in your heart today what you're going to do and that you will have God affect every choice that you make. You will do it in faith. Those are things that you need to do as a believer, and it will change and revolutionize your life. Now, I know choices that I had made have been serious. When I was young, I never thought of it that way. I never realized. And I didn't think that uh, I was affected that much by the choices I made. But looking back now, and I'm not even old, I see already my life being shaped by the choices that I made, including my wife, where I live, my job, what I do, you know, taking people to Israel. Uh, where I am with salvation, those are all because of choices I made back then. I chose God first, and it became my drive. That was my choice. I am going to serve the Lord with my whole being, and I am going to meditate on Him day and night. And I pursued God, and I sought Him, and He heard me, and He seen me, and He changed my life. And He has given me a passion that is... Uh, inextinguishable. 
And that is what needs to happen in every one of our hearts. But I, but I see that this direction that is given is something that is so crucial that God is in on the scene, that he is leading our steps. And the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord so we can have confidence. Now we're going to change directions a little bit and talk about faith and choice. So the biggest word that surrounds the Bible in action, if I can say it that way, is faith. This is a word that is synonymous throughout the world, okay, now, but then faith was something used in biblical language only. And faith is something that we need to look at very carefully because uh, we understand it in a wrong context today. Faith the way we understand it would be believing in a religious system or a religious entity. But that is not the biblical definition of faith. So let's look at it. What is faith? And there is no better chapter in the Bible to talk about faith than Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is what we call the faith chapter. And this is, this is the biblical definition of faith. It is the substance of things hoped for, this is uh, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So this is what it is. It is the substance of things hoped for. Now, I know in modern uh, readers might have a little bit of a trouble understanding what that means. It's basically saying faith is the, the substance. So if you're making... Uh, well, let's just say you're building a house, okay? Concrete is what gives your foundation strength. So faith is what gives the things that you hope for strength. It gives it substance. It makes it real. And it is the evidence of things not seen. So it is what you see in the world, okay? We see with our eyes, but it's still telling us through uh, uh, our eyes into our brain, Okay, but it's, it's what we see. But faith is evidence of things we cannot see with our eyes. All right. And it is what it is the substance of things hoped for. Okay, well, let's look at examples. So Paul gives us some really good examples. Hebrews 11, 2, for by it, the elders obtained a good report. Now, what does this mean? This is referring to uh, in the conquest when, the, when the, they went out into the land, the spies that came back. Some gave good, some bad. By faith, Joshua and Caleb gave a good report because they said, God is with us. We can do this. It was only by faith. The others looked with what their eyes said, and they said it's not possible. Next verse. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Okay, so it's not something naturally made. It isn't a big bang. It was, it was through faith we understand that it was framed by the Word of God. It was built by the Word. Okay? By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by he... Or, sorry, and by it, he being dead yet speaketh. So what is, you know, the Bible talks about his blood crying out unto God. But this, this was the witness, is that he, by faith, offered unto God. It was by faith. Isn't that an interesting taste? It was by faith. He offered a lamb. 
in faith and God accepted it. It was more excellent than fruits of, of your labor. And that testified because God accepted it, that it was righteous. And yet he being dead, it still speaks. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Here's a man who, by faith, he believed in God. Uh, probably did not understand God the way we do in the sense of we know his name with Jesus, salvation, all that. He just believed in uh, God. And I don't, we don't know how much they knew back then. So much was revealed from Abraham forward. There's almost nothing back then. But by faith, he believed him. And it was enough that God took him because he, uh, he pleased God. Next, by, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And not only that, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So there's two conditions that God gives. We cannot please God uh, without faith. Okay, number one, because for he that cometh to God must believe it is. So if you are going to accept God as being real, you have to believe that he exists. Okay. Secondly, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Why do we believe in God? Why do we have faith in him? Because he is, and he's a rewarder of them that seek him. That is why we believe in God. We see the fruit, and we know that he is by faith. So by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, okay, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. So look at this whole picture. Noah was warned, uh, I believe it was by dreams, if you look at the Babylonian account, but he was warned of God, which of things not. And he moved with fear. He was afraid. He didn't know what was going to happen. He knew God was going to judge the world. And what did it say? It says, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world. Why? Because he believed God that he was actually going to destroy the world. And he prepared for it. And he became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Next, Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, he obeyed and went out not knowing whether he went. And by faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. I had read that earlier, but I wanted to tie this in. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So this is something that you have to realize, is that God okay, showed himself Abraham. Abraham went out in faith into a strange country and he just lived in, in uh, tents and his heirs with him and he looked for a city whose foundation and the builder was God. He looked for this place. It's really, it's really describing the heavenly Jerusalem. Uh, but he realized he's a stranger in a strange land and his people are going to be. And the covenant was made to that. That's why there's so much conflict today even in Israel because 
uh, the promise that they were a stranger in a strange land. And the people who supposedly were there back then were trying to kick them out. And the people who were there while they were out of the land, now that they've come back, are trying to kick them out again. It's the promise that God made. It's how it was going to work. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. What was her testimony? She said, God is going to be faithful. And that in that, she uh, gave birth to a child who has forever changed the destiny of the world. Therefore, sprang out there even one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Think of it. This is the reality of what happened. Out of Isaac, just one, even though they were as good as dead, there came so many like the stars of the heaven because of the choice that they made to believe in God. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. What are the promises? The promises of God, the Messiah, the coming. But they had seen it, but having seen them far off and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. They knew there is coming a kingdom. There is coming a time in a kingdom when God is going to establish something. Uh, and they saw it from a distance, and they declared that there are strangers and pilgrims on earth, that their destination is not of this earth. Okay? For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Look at the wonderful promise. They believed that God has prepared something for them. Uh, a place, a city, a dwelling place. So now we continue again. So by, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he also, or also he received him in figure. So he knew that, look, even if I sacrifice him, God is going to raise him up if this was God's promise because he made this happen when it shouldn't have happened. And now next generation, by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Joseph, by faith, said, take me, to the, take me back to Israel. Don't leave me here. And he trusted them. And by faith, he went back to the land. They buried him. I've been in that tomb. It's in uh, Shechem. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. His parents, in faith, hid him because they saw that he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. 
Look at the choice. He chose rather to suffer with people of God than to enjoy the pleasure that he had access to. He was a prince of Egypt. He could have had anything he wanted. It was a choice he made. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He realized that God was going to make good on his promise. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover, sprinkled the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, a saying, to do, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they compassed about seven days. It was still a choice. Every single point that we read here was a choice, and then they chose by faith. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, Samson, uh, of, of Jephthah, of David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, and stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had a trial of cruel mockings, scourgings, yea, moreover, the bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, in mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report, through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin with that so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, I just read that whole chapter, and I realize there's a lot that we could talk about, but I want you to get the picture of the choices and the beauty of what God has set up. We have one choice. It's the life of faith. If we want to please God, we have to choose the life of faith. And every choice that we make, we must do in faith that God is wanting us to do it. Some people ask, what is, what is the will of God? And, you know, how can I know what God's will is for me? Let us remember that it is always important to recognize the fact that God has used 
faith as can I say medium? I don't like to use that, but like that is that is what we use. It's a set of law, okay? Faith, it's he works within that within that context. It's like I often say, there's people who say science, God, you know, they use science to try to prove the existence of God. God does not need to be proven by science. Science is a man-made system of understanding the world. God created the world with his voice. He does not need science to prove who he is. No, he needs faith. When we believe God in faith, that he is, and that he did what he said he'd do, he will move mountains. He will reshape uh, hills and valleys. He will move nations on behalf of you because you believe and dare to choose God over yourself. And God will empower you and he will set your feet on, on a straight path and he will clear the enemies from before you and he will always defend you. When you have faith and when you make choices in faith, faith is not an easy thing. Faith is something that looks sometimes impossible because we do not see, but we have a hope and we believe in God. And that faith is what gives us that power and authority to tear down strongholds, to tear down high places, to tear down everything that has set itself up uh, in place of God in this world and has given us that authority to change the face of this earth. Amen.